everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. Bryn and I are both designers here in San Francisco, and we've both been incredibly lucky to meet some really talented people in the technology industry. These are designers, developers, product people. And every week we're sitting down with them for an hour or two and we get to pick their brains about what makes them tick and how they work in a creative field. This week we sat down with Sam Sophus. He's a developer and designer behind some really great apps. Uh, Tiny, lightly, over. He built the Rune blogging platform with Drew Wilson and currently he's working on a markdown editor called Whiskey. This is our first episode and being our first episode, things are... Uh, let's say we're learning a lot. We're learning really fast. Um, we're trying to figure out how to how to record and how to ask the right questions and how to keep the conversations going. Um, we'd love your feedback. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, we're on Twitter at Design Details FM, or you can email us at Design Details FM at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get down to episode one with Sam Sophus. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now? Sure. So I'm working on this app called Whiskey. It's a markdown text editor for Mac and iOS. Which we've been playing with for like a week now. Cool. And you did some awesome themes with Tim. I did. Yeah. Well, Tim did some awesome themes. It was great. How's the process of working in the open been? Uh, it's been really good. So I've you know, been very open about you know what I'm working on and bugs and features and everything. Um, it's been good. Like Tim was like, hey, can I make a theme? And I was like, yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. And yeah, and Louis Mantia did the icon, um, which was really good. So I don't know. It's been, uh, as far as motivation goes, it's been like much better than sitting in my apartment alone, not telling anyone what I'm working on. So it's been in progress for a year. Where do you see this in like another year? Hopefully by then it's out and making money, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. That's usually a good start. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really big project. Although the end is sort of in sight on the Mac, um, as far as like a lot of user features, but as far as like the parser goes, there's a lot to do. Anyway, there's a lot of like nerd things to work on. So for maybe like there's listeners that don't know much about whiskey, like tell us a little bit about why you wanted to do Markdown Editor. I know you love Markdown in general, but why did you feel like there was still space in the the ecosystem for another Markdown app? Well, since I've started, there's been several new ones come out, which is sad. But, um, well, I mean, it's, it's fine that people are making things. Anyway. Um, no, I, I was working on a, um, a really big document. I was working on my um, script for Treehouse. I taught a class there. And it was like, I really wanted to jump around between, like, headers easily. Because I had this, like, really long document with tons of headers. So, I was like ultimate form of procrastination stopped working when I was working on it and made a text editor like on a flight and uh, they went back to what I was doing um, but yeah that kind of got me excited about it and I wanted to use it in Rune um, which is this blogging platform I used to work on so it was like yeah I should totally work on Markdown stuff um, I don't know it was just kind of like something I've always been excited about so it was kind of a natural thing to work on so you're building in the open you you share all your progress and people can do bug reports and stuff do you feel like people have maybe stolen any of your ideas or has there been any downside to building in public that you've noticed i don't think so um especially with like bug reports it's been really good there's not like you know i'm not getting a bunch of email about the same thing people are like oh yeah i have this issue too and like provide more information like all in the same issue which has been really nice to kind of combine everything um I don't know. 
I mean, maybe someone that's working on a marketing editor would steal some ideas, but I'm not too worried about it. It's like a pretty hard thing to work on. So it's not something someone can just like whip up in a weekend. You know, it's a big thing. And probably not many people love Markdown as much as you do. <laughs> yeah, probably. So you said it was kind of hard to stay motivated to work on it and that this, this kind of helped uh, working on it in the open. How, how do you stay motivated to work on your side projects and stuff or even the freelance client work? So it's definitely two different forms of motivation. Client stuff is definitely, you know, I'm working on something fun with a client and I try to pick good clients and that's a big part of it. Also, like charging a lot helps because like when it's not fun, you know, the fact that I'm getting paid a lot helps like push through it. Uh, <laughs> that would usually do the trick. Yeah, that's a good form. Yeah, I mean, because if you don't charge enough and it's terrible, you're like, why am I even doing this? Like I should, I, this is terrible. It's just depressing. But you're getting paid a lot while you do it. You know, like uh, I can push through and, you know, it's fine. But I mean, most of the time, though, that's not the case. Most of the time, it's I'm excited to ship something for someone. Um and for my own stuff, it's more, you know, I'm excited to make something so someone can use it. And then, like, showing it off while I'm working on it helps a lot because it's, like, a little taste of what it's going to be like when I launch it, you know, all the time. It's like, it's like brag-driven development. It like, totally is. Which that's is, super helpful. Which is terrible and, like, you know. It's hard to do something until you tell someone you're going to do it and it's going to be easy. And then it's like, oh, my ego's on the line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I feel kind of like a jerk, like, yeah, all my development or all my motivation comes from like ego, but, um, I, I've found like, I worked on whiskey for a long time, like privately and was like super depressed about it. And I started sharing and people were like, this is so great. And I was like, I know it's so great. Not really, <laughs> Those but, Twitter favorites. But yeah. that was totally like, it helps keep me motivated. The fact that people were excited about it. Well, it seems like it's pretty easy for you to get people excited about it though. Like you've, you've got a pretty decent sized following and people tend to get on board with whatever it is you're working on. Like you, you actually pulled people to ask what you should work on, which was pretty interesting. I did. A lot of people said whiskey, which was interesting. Um, there's a couple other ideas as well. Um, what were some of the other ideas? So I used to work on this thing called shutter as this to-do list. And I was thrown out making another like to-do list thing. Um, a bunch of people were excited about that. And then a bunch of people were like, this is stupid. Like don't make another to-do list. And I was like, you're right. That is stupid. And then work on shares as well. It's like this stock app I have to make it like really good was the other like big one on the list. Do you think it's stupid to make another to-do list app or is that sort of on your back burner of another project you'd want to revisit? It's something personally I really want, but I feel like it's a dumb thing to work on. It's like there's so many to-do lists. And what do you use right now? Nothing. Nothing? Whiskey, really. I, I just got whiteboard and I'm pretty excited about it. Like It's pretty nice. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I know you mentioned it. it. It just is prettier than most. Like, that's really what stands out to me. And it uh, lets me organize things the way I like to do it, which is kind of like I have these outstanding items, but I want to choose X and Y to work on today. And so you can just throw them into a today view and like everything else just sits in a later view and I can go work on it if I want to. And it's already documented, but it's not in my way. That's really cool. That's really the main thing. I mean, I, before I kind of listed things in text files anyway, and then I was like, this is dumb. So I made Cheddar. And then I sold Cheddar and it kind of went away. Um, so I went back to just text files. And now I edit those text files at Whiskey. So you've sold a few side projects. Could you tell us a little bit about how that process worked? Speaking of selling Cheddar. Yeah, speaking of yeah. selling Cheddar. Um, this is your second one you've sold? Or Cheddar was your first one you sold, but since then you've sold others. Actually, I sold a Mac app, two Mac apps. A long time ago, in like 20, 2009, 
2010 oh wow that's like the that. before time that doesn't count yeah it's a long time that's ago prehistoric uh yeah i sold two mac apps which was terrible um financially anyway and then and he never worked on it ever again so then i sold cheddar for not as much money as i would have liked and they never worked on it ever again um so that was sad i i kind of the reason for selling it was like you know i don't have time it's a really busy time in my life and um it felt bad that there's like all these, you know, feature requests and bug reports and I didn't have time for any of it. So I was like, found a friend that wanted to work on it. I was like, cool. You know, I'd, glad, I'd gladly sell it to you and you can work on it. Um, and he didn't do that. Um, but whatever. I tried to buy it back and he w- did want to sell it back and then he sold it to someone else and they don't work on it now. It's just getting passed around. Whatever. So you would, you would characterize that as a pretty poor sale then? Yeah, I mean like... Or a negative side of selling. I mean, yeah. Money aside, like it's sad to see it just like get abandoned. I can abandon it on my own. I don't need someone else to do it for me. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I sold rune recently to, um, ghost, which is this really cool open source blogging platform. And they're actually a nonprofit, which is cool. Um, did that factor into the sale much? Yeah. So this wasn't like public before, but I donated it to, the ghost foundation. It wasn't like a sale per se. Um, yeah, they acquired it for no money. Cause I gave it to them and, um, and you became an advisor as well, right? Yes. So, but I was really excited about it. Cause like, you know, all these users aren't going to lose their blog and, uh, you know, the ghost foundation now gets like a bunch more users, hundred thousand, something more users from rune. Um, and they have a like full time staff of like several people that work on it full time. So, um, you know, pretty excited to see like all of it like kind of live on and not just like get killed like all my other acquisitions. That's kind of a nice way to retire. At least like your users get good support from then on. And I mean, if you have to let go of something, that seems like a good way to do it. Yeah, they've been really fantastic like all throughout um, the whole process. So yeah, I, I'm pretty happy about how that went down. Like, sure, I'd love to you know sold it for millions of dollars, but you know it's not worth that, and that's fine. Um, I was happy to give it to them and you know they can do what they want with it and it's been great so far everyone you know they've started moving blogs over and it's been really good and we open source the theme which is awesome like they made that drew's awesome design yeah it's funny um john the founder was saying the header image like inspiration on one of their themes was like copied and pasted from rune they like saw drew's media query craziness and like oh this is spectacular and like copied and pasted it i was like yeah, i don't care it's fine he told me like that yeah, after the fact but that's awesome. Uh, you've you work on a lot of your own projects in addition to freelancing. How do you balance your time with those two? Uh, your your own personal company is called Nothing Magical, and that's all your own products that you design and develop. Uh, you also freelance. How do you balance the time between building uh, your own things that you're interested in versus uh, the clients that come to you? So I usually just work on my iOS apps, like whenever people complain or there's a new OS or something. Um, both of them are finance apps. I don't really like finance. I don't know why I worked on them, but, um, well, I do, but anyway, that's uh, another story. So yeah, I don't work on those a bunch. Uh, I mainly just work on whiskey right now cause I'm excited about it. So I work on whiskey cause I'm excited about it. I don't have any clients and I can afford to not work for the next month or so. Um, I've been on it for like since September, I guess. Um, what's been the biggest challenge with whiskey? Is there like, uh, maybe like a design problem that you're coming up against or on the development side that you're really struggling with? 
Yeah, it's all technical stuff. Um, I, I picked it. Part of the reason I decided to keep working on it after I like started messing with it originally was I thought it'd be really hard, like as a computer science like problem. And I didn't go to college or anything, so I was like, oh, I should like stretch myself and try to learn some more computer sciencey things. So I was like, all right, I'll pick it because it's hard. I'm like, cool, let's work on it and hopefully I'll finish it. And you know, I was excited about it. Much of, a bunch of other reasons. That was another like big factor. I was like picking it, and knowing it was going to be hard. Uh, and it's really hard. So um, the things I thought would be harder. It's cool to hear about what you're building with Whiskey. Um, how do you decide like what features to put in or what features to leave out? What's your, I, maybe it sounds stupid, but like a product philosophy as you're building this. Yeah, I definitely, and this is the same thing I use for all my clients and everything I do really. Um, like what's the symbols we could possibly make it and it's still be useful? I mean like, you know, MVP kind of mindset. Um, yeah so for whiskey it's like you know okay you can type in it like I guess that's enough but you know there's a lot of other things people expect like you know printing has to work well and you know find and replace and, you know there's a bunch of like things that come with a text editor you don't necessarily think about so like there's a lot of things just that and then like okay there's a bunch of other markdown text editors like what makes whiskey special so kind of like choosing a couple things that I can do and like that's the special part and I'm going to do all of these and then well, everything else I won't do. What are the special parts? <sighs> How nerdy of an answer do you want? <laughs> uh, yeah, go as like this is your this is your project, right? Tell all me right. what makes it special. So I have my own like parsing. So those stuff that like understands what you're typing is all like custom. So I generated an abstract syntax tree um, you can Wikipedia that if you're interested in like the details. This is already over my head. Uh, so basically, like this is how you design a language, like a programming language. You like, you know, you, you take some code and you break it apart into like a really like abstract representation. That's a tree of syntax. Uh, so then from there, you can take that and interpret it and see like, okay, you wrote like you know, you know, console.log and then print, and then you wrote a string and then you wrote another print. Like, okay, now I can understand that you're calling like to log something in JavaScript or you know, whatever. Um, it's kind of the the same thing. I build this, a tree of your document and now I can see like, okay, you bolded this and like very confidently know you bolded it because it's like the actual definition of what it is. It's not like a kind of faked version like, you know, iWriter or something. Um, and with that, I can also do a bunch of other interesting things. So like the, someone's asking to see like how many like horizontal rules do I have in my document? Can I, you put that in the status bar? And I was like, yeah, I can totally put that in the status bar. Cause I can just like ask the tree how many like HRs are there. Or I can like, there's an outline view in whiskey that shows like all your headers, like all indented, like with the multiple levels. And that's another thing that's really easy. Cause I have all this information. Um, also things like smart quotes, which are great. But then if you're like in code, it's really annoying. So it like knows you're in code because it understands your document and like turns off smart quotes and smart dashes. And um, it's just like whiskey, like really understands what you're typing at a very like low level. So a bunch of things are possible. It's like, you know, kind of boring to sit here and list all of the things that are possible, but like a bunch of the things are really, are really easy. Like once the, the yeah, that is done. it's like almost this invisible design, right? Like you've created a product that people might not even notice a lot of these things, but it makes their life easier sort of inadvertently with being able to count HRs or, or know the structure of their document or things like that. Yeah. Also like the word count only counts actual words you've typed, not like hash space. Hello is one word, not two like I writer. Um, 
Uh, they're easy to pick on because they're just like the most popular one, but the, you know they're they all are equally bad, um, relatively to. So yours is the most accurate, you'd say. Correct. Like it's that's what the focus is on is like complete technical accuracy with Markdown. Um, and I, you, I love that you had like neat mode where it was like Gruber's intention or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's you can there's a preference in uh, settings, so you can say uh, you know neat or on the rocks, and it's like neat is like. Plain Markdown, just as Gruber intended, and then uh, on the rocks is like with extensions, GitHub flavored. Um, but there'll be other additions like Common Markdown or Common Mark, whatever it's called, and um, <laughs> all the other like stuff. But the GitHub one is like, you know, that's where I'm starting, and it's it hits most of the other ones. Um, well, are you going to be building all the extensions, or do you envision other developers hopping on and and making Whiskey like this sort of suite of different tools that you, someone can use? Yeah, I definitely want to do a plugin API at some point. Um, there's already a couple of folks like really interested, like developer friends. Um, I think the easiest thing now will be like exporting, because like now I have your document in this like like really abstract format. Most things do straight to HTML, um, which is fine, but you lose all the intermediate information. So since I have it, like I can obviously turn it into HTML pretty easily, but I can turn it into like PDF or RTF or whatever you want, um, and kind of like that whatever you want. You could turn it into like a, you know, Swift playground to open an Xcode or like whatever. And um, some like the Swift one I'll probably implement myself because that's cool. But there's a bunch of things like that that I don't really want to make every possible thing. So like I'll let other people um, do that. And obviously themes will definitely be um, available to make your own at some point. And um, that's probably where I'll start for now. And then down the road, who knows? Someone asked, they have this like real time um, collaboration text editing service thing. It's not out yet, but they wanted to do like it's like oh it's like Markdown. It's like oh yeah, like you totally use Whiskey. Uh, they're like, can I make an extension to like have multiple cursors with different people? I was like, that would be crazy. Maybe I don't know if that's even possible. Like, uh, so maybe something as crazy as that. I don't know. The that's definitely all post v1 like none of that is important for launch so like no themes no plugins like nothing for first i love that so many editors are going after that whole like google docs thing like that is really encouraging because that's not something you want to be siloed into like hackpad had it uh spaces that slack acquired they're doing a thing which that's awesome hackpad got acquired too dropbox dropbox um one thing we were talking about last time which it's just been stuck in my mind ever since um you you use this changelog system. Yeah. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of this. So when I was working on Shredder, I was deploying a bunch to the web, and I feel like it was things people might not notice, like little features or things people are asking for or whatever. So I started doing all of it in a changelog on the web, and I just like put a header for each day and then like list all of the things. Um, and I had like little tags that were colored, so you like feature, improvement, fix, whatever. Or announcement. And then I do like blog posts for iOS because it was like a big group of changes um and then i started like i remember one day i like added like full test coverage for something or i think i added a bunch of indexes and like performance tested something or whatever something really technical and i went to put on the change log i was like this is stupid like no one cares that it's like fully tested now like it doesn't matter so i was kind of like all right from here on i'm not going to put anything technical or anything that's not user value in the change log uh and then from there i realized like Everything I did today, I can't like put in the changelog, and that was like, well, that sucks. Like that, that's the brag-driven development. Like I, I need to like show off that I've done some things. Um, 
so it helps like focus a lot on like things that matter and not just like refactoring for the sake of it or you know whatever else uh, so now in whiskey I do that as well um, there's a bunch of things happening under the covers but you know I only list things that actually people can see um, which is also like pretty challenging because it's like well yeah, I can still type in it like I don't really notice anything else uh, so it's all very like drawing the lines kind of interesting on whiskey because it's such a technical product um, but yeah I'll just like make a header and then list a markdown like you know here's what's in this release and then as I'm working on it you know I'll just say like, this one's unreleased and have like a little thing or I'll say you know when it's released and put the date and kind of just have my running list of things and then I'll like release you know whenever I want um, and I've, I found myself putting like markdown to do's in the top of the release like section and this is like these are like the things I have to finish before I can ship it you know if there's like a couple little things um, this isn't like where I track features or bugs or anything it's just like you know I broke something while I was working on this and I remember I need to go back and fix it like here's just like a couple like little things like this is what's blocking me from shipping this so I can't keep this all in this one markdown file in my repo and it you know it's a version with git and a few branch and whatnot it all merges and um, that's all fine so I don't know I'm a big fan of that system I don't know if I explained it as well yeah I love that system it's just total focus on like adding value to the end it's, user it's a brag driven development but only for users like only the users care if you make that stuff really yeah, I mean, like, in reality, it's for the user. It's not like, you know, no one cares if all my tests pass, but they do care that the stuff is accurate. So, you know, like, sure, I can say I improved parsing for lists or something. But, you know, what I had to do to make that happen, like, no one cares, you know. I wrote, like, 40 unit tests. Like, it doesn't matter. Good talk. It Love it. Now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's kind of the thing. That's going to make my day better. Yeah, and lists and whiskey are really hard, so that's not implemented. I was actually playing with that, and I couldn't get it to work. I was like, yep, not implemented. It's really, really hard. That and block quotes. Holy crap. Coming soon. Maybe. Gosh. Lists How- are hard. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Sam Sofas. How much, uh, I guess this question could go two ways um one like how do you think of design uh which leads into how did you think of design when you're building whiskey uh like when you open it it's just a box like a text editor uh there's no onboarding there's no instructions there's you uh assume the user knows everything about markdown or has a good understanding of that uh was that all designed intentionally or is that still to come how do you think about that I like sketches little like welcome with the pretty graphic and like there's a tutorial link or something. I'll probably do something somewhere the first time you launch. Yeah, they, they've got videos right on the first launch. Yeah, I uh, definitely plan to make a bunch of videos and you know to explain how to do Markdown and and all that because I think teaching people to use Markdown is like this really valuable thing that people don't understand is valuable to them. Um, but that's kind of a separate thing. Um, I, I chose pretty intentionally that I wanted the default like window style, so it's just like the default you know title bar with like a white box it's like as plain as could possibly be um but a bunch of people have like said they love the design of whiskey and i was like really like what what design it's like a a window with a white box well i think that's like what you said earlier is like what's the least it can be and still function and do that yeah and i think people are referring to like the themes and you know the coloring works really well for the things it's implemented for which is cool i mean even the preferences window isn't designed at all Except for like the one switch for on the rocks, everything else is just like a bunch of checkboxes with, in a with the ice cube that pops Which is in. Great, like that's, that's so cool. One of my favorite details. Too. It's clever. It also changes in the about window and the dock, like all simultaneously. If you have all three open, it's kind of what? Fun. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I was have my dock hidden. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It changes the dock, but I'll have to check that out. Uh, 
yeah, it was funny when Louis made the icon. I was like, can you make me another one without ice? And he's like, yeah, okay. And I was like, yes. Looks really good. It's funny. It, he originally made it, and I was like, can you put a little more whiskey in the one with the ice? Because it would like be higher. And he's like, oh, good call. So you yeah, like, it's different. We didn't like measure anything. He just kind of like picked, but <laughs> you didn't measure the the displacement of the ice cubes. I thought the, about it. I was like, this is glass. stupid. No one's ever gonna care. <laughs> I, I remember when it first came out, geeking out over like the details on the ice cube. Like when I saw the huge version that you tweeted one day. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, he even like made it crappier on purpose because it looked too good. Uh, like he made <laughs> That's a good he, problem to he, have. He like blurred it a little bit because it was like too crisp. And, it, was, like, it was very shiny. Yeah, ice doesn't really. Well, it's a really hard thing for him to do because it's like all a glass, liquid, and ice, which is like really hard to all gloss surfaces. Yeah, he does it all in Photoshop, like no like three D software. It's crazy. It's just like he he's like hesitant to send me the PSD, and I was like, ah, oh, get all your secrets. But yeah, it looks like it's a ridiculous document. I don't understand how he uses Photoshop. It's just magic. Yeah, for anyone listening, we're gonna put the high res icon on the site uh, designdetails.fm if we can find it, it. It really is a beautiful icon, and the the detail of just taking out the ice cubes, uh, having a version without the ice cubes is is really beautiful. It's nice. I just ordered stickers uh, a couple days ago with the one with the ice in it, so I'm pretty excited about it. It's like a crazy high res like image, so it was like printed. I had to shrink it down like to twenty percent or something for a four by four icon. Or sticker. Did you end up going with the clear or white? No, sticker mule said the clear one wouldn't work well. I think this is so much variable alpha. But I was bummed. But it's yeah, it's over white. Not the worst problem. No, I mean, I, it's, I'm totally going to put it on my laptop. I'm excited about it. That's a good place to put it. So, among your client work are a couple of my favorite photo apps. I generally hate photo apps. However, you built tiny which i absolutely love because it's not like at least originally in the first version before like things stuck around for a while think i knew it was going to go away really quickly and i knew it was super small and there were no tools to really compose anything and uh it was just like it was sharing a quick window into your life and like seeing a bunch of like little glimpses into your friend's life and then it was gone the next day so it's like the easiest thing to share really quickly and a lot which Mark has proven because he shares every five seconds. But, like, how was the process working on that? Like, I know you and Caleb worked on that together? Uh, not at first. So Kevin Rose um, and Mark Himian are the, the two guys that founded North, which, and this is their first product. So they hired me as a contractor. Before they even announced, like, North was a thing, um, they didn't even actually tell me that was the name. So he just, like, someone texted me the TechCrunch, like, I think it might have been you, actually. I don't know. Um, anyway. It's possible. It was like, hey, are you working in North? And I was like, oh, they have a company now. Like, congrats, guys. Um, anyway, so yeah, Kevin was just like, hey, here's our, here's our idea. And here's a screenshot of one of the screens. Like, can you make can you make this? I was like, yeah, totally. Uh, it was basically, you know, just like, you know, anxiety-free sharing was the idea. So, like, really small. They're tiny. Like, they don't enlarge. And they expire. Um, well, they used to, anyway. Uh, that was the idea. So, yeah, I, I told them I could do it in a week, which was a little ambitious. Uh, it took, like, two and a half, close to three. Um, Still ambitious. I mean, it's pretty quick. I did all the server and iOS, like, all the engineering. Um, Caleb helps briefly Caleb Davenport. Uh, he's Caleb D on Twitter. And uh, Aaron Gottwald. Gottwald on Twitter. 
uh, helped with the server the, just like a handful of days each like in the last week um, but yeah and that, that was it and then I don't work on it anymore uh, they hired Caleb and a couple other folks and now they work on it full time with other stuff last time we talked a little bit about the design process uh, that went into tiny can you tell us about that yeah 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 so we tried a bunch of different designs maybe like 30 iterations um, at least so a lot of just like you know Mark posting something in Slack like hey what do you think of this and Kevin and I just like going back and forth on you know all the different you know this is what I like about it so I don't like about it you know what if we try this um, a lot of you know in the past a lot of me saying you know, like in the past I've done this and it's worked well I don't think this would work well you know for these reasons um, and we ended up landing on something like ridiculously similar to the very first design we went like super crazy and then came back to the original like proposal um but yeah, it was really good. And then once we kind of had that locked in, it was pretty easy from there. Um, we changed a bunch of things at first, and then it settled down. Um, we had this really crazy onboarding thing and then scrapped it all because it was dumb. What was dumb about it? It was like five or six screens, and there was like little animations and like little like things. And it's like, no one's going to read this, and it's like a ton of work to build. And I built most of it. Um, we just like killed all of it and I was like, all right, you like sign up and now you have an account. Like, that's it. I actually just designed one of those. <laughs> Jake's been like dreading it. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, yeah. It's funny. I did a bunch of stuff and Mark's like, you did that in code. That's crazy. Cause he was like this like crazy little illustration thing. And I was like, yeah, I drew it all. And then we just killed it. Which is sad. But that, that was like, he shared a remarkable amount of the work he did on that stuff on, on a medium post. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't nearly all of it, but it was a good amount of content. And he also, um, kind of did a bunch of research in the open, like on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Mark's really good. Um, we, yeah, like the, the stuff he shared on medium wasn't nearly all of it, but, um, you know, we did try a lot of stuff and I think what we landed on was like pretty good. Um, kind of one thing we went back and forth a lot on was how to show metadata, like who posted something once we landed on like the press and hold to show like to kind of hover it which you can't really do in iOS but you know like that sort of idea um, it helped us get back to the grid which was something Kevin really wanted was like just a grid of posts um, so a lot of things we tried were like a, like a vertical list of photos with like a horizontal scroller next to it of like all of their posts that would reorder via time and it was we tried a bunch of like really complicated dumb confusing things um, but we ended up landing on like the original grid so I think it works well What's the favorite part of the app that you either developed or had a part in designing? Just like the press and hold to record video and like go and it like posts. I think I love how quick it is to just like pop it out and like record. And you you can like make a tiny in like less than three seconds, like from phone out of your pocket to back into your pocket, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, we spent a bunch of time, uh, or I spent a bunch of time making the videos play quickly. Um, I'd imagine that'd be tricky with scrolling and stuff. Yeah, well, we even talked to the guy that made, like, the video player in iOS, and he's like, yeah, it's not designed to do that. Because <laughs> we were showing, like, 20-something, or, like, 16-plus videos on the screen at once, um, which it's totally designed to do, like, one at a time. Um, but we kind of, like, hacked our way around it, and it sort of works. How, what was the hack? Is it, like, just frame rates or compression? Sort of. I mean, a lot of it's just, like, very aggressively managing, like, what's actually playing, and then taking a screenshot or like thumbnailing the first frame and then swapping it out with stills. Um, and you can't reuse like a video player. So everything has to be like thrown away and start over and throwing it away is really slow and sitting up is really slow. So it's just like 
being clever about when you do things. And all this happened in two and a half weeks. This is like amazing to me that you guys did all this iteration so fast. Basically a week of it was like making the videos not suck. Um, and then the first like handful of days was the onboarding stuff that we threw away. So once we kind of landed on what we were doing and learned how to do videos quickly, it was a really fast process. Probably because I used like so much of my own like open source stuff um, or like copying like oh I need a user system like well I'll just copy and paste it from like Cheddar's code or Rune or basically everything I've made in the last several years is just like copy and pasting Cheddar's code over and over again that's so awesome though like that it was that reusable yeah yeah I was I recently like mentioned in a talk I gave um this idea of cumulative engineering I don't know if that's like an actual term but that's what I'm calling it yes the idea is like like if you look at like a, a my go-to is like a car company so even Tesla, when they invented, like, you know, a bunch of things, they still, like, have an assembly line and, you know, like, a bunch of, like, axles and, like, things that, like, Mr. Ford invented, like, forever ago. And they're, like, using all those ideas, even though they made, like, a bunch of things more than anyone else, you know. Um, or, you know, like, whatever else you're looking at, like, engineering-wise, like, you know, if you're building a computer, for example, like, you're not going to, like, all right, how do I make a transistor and, like, spend 20 years developing like the technique for doing that or all right now i need to write like the kernel which would take like you know just a amazing amount of time you know you're gonna like build on all of that like apple's not like throwing away all of their work and making something like i watched took like like two years i think they said but had they not had all the other stuff to build on it would have taken like forever um and i feel like a lot of people do that in development or design like they're just going to start from scratch every time, which is, like, really stupid. Like, no one else builds things this way. Like, I don't know why people are doing that. Um, so I was like, let's like whenever I build things, how much of this can I reuse? Because, you know, there's no sense in, like, solving this multiple times. Um, especially something as silly as, like, a user system. Like, you can sign in, you can sign up, you can forgot your password. Like, all those standard stuff. Like, I don't need to, like, build this every time. Like, you know, it's it, it works. Everything carries over in some way, whether it's something you learned or like a little trick or whatever, or an actual component like that. That definitely makes sense as a cumulative process, not as like a one at a time, throw everything away after you're done. That's sort of like the trend now on the web too with like web components. Uh, you have a form that you can just drop in anywhere. It fits in any size. Uh, you have a pop-up that works any any place, any size, any context. I mean, once you make it, why would you get rid of it? Right. You just keep building on top of all these little components. Yeah, so because I've been doing that for so many years, I just opened up, like, the project and added, like, 20-something of my libraries and, like, cool, it sort of works. I just got to, like, do the video part and, like, it's done. You know, it was, like, a really quick thing. And I could have totally done it in a week had we not changed our minds a bunch and had I done that much video work before. Video was kind of a new thing to me, so. Are some of your libraries open source that listeners could check out? Yeah, all of it. Everything I use in Tiny is open source. And um, where would they find all this? github.com slash sophus on the ios side some of my rail stuff isn't but it's not that great so they're not missing out cool and we'll link to that in the show notes of course that's awesome so the other photo app that i think is really cool is over and you worked on that as well yeah uh a little i well actually i did a bunch of work for them but they're not using some of it um the first thing i did for them was i built gutenberg which is their like so over puts text on photos it's um, like really beautiful text and other illustrations. Yeah, they started so. using some of Jessica Hish's stuff too recently for the Red project, I think. Yeah, they it's were featured like the, the Project Red App Store stuff. And 
Um, they have like Kyle Steed and a bunch of like really fantastic folks. They've even commissioned some fonts design like just for over. Um, he's really good at getting artists to like to you know work with it. Um, anyway, so I started building. I rebuilt Gutenberg, which is their like thing for putting text on photos like from a very low level, uh, and made it like really flexible. You know, it could do images and you know all kinds of things. Um, for they have an app called Cape Town Love and Louisville Love and some other love cities. Um, so I built it for that, and also they have an app called Oh Baby, which is like for putting text on baby photos. Basically, that's something I'm going to start doing right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have kids, so it's, it's. Uh, I'm not that excited. About it. So anyway, I built all of that, and then I, I built the text engine for for all that stuff. Uh, as far as I know, they're not using it in actual over because it was going to be a lot of work to, you know, modernize some of that code because a lot of it's like they hired some consultants to make the first version and then kind of had different contractors work on it since. So it's kind of like a hodgepodge of things. Um, so yeah, as far as I know, they're using it. And then I built their share to path stuff, um, which now I think there's probably share sheet stuff. But when it came out, there was like, you had to be a selected partner of like path and all the sharing to path stuff. Um, so I built that as well, but that's all I've done in, in over. I haven't actually worked in over the app. I've just worked on all their other products and open source thing or closed source, like libraries internally. But you're still in touch with Aaron fairly frequently. Yeah, so Aaron's the founder and CEO, and um, I'm actually going to South Africa to ride motorcycles with him tomorrow, uh, weather willing. So SS is supposed to get hit by this like crazy storm. Everyone's like, your flight's going to be canceled. So uh, hopefully it's not, and I can go. Yeah, maybe everyone will be listening to this in a few weeks, reminiscing on the, the storm. The monsoon. The monsoon. The great monsoon. San, San Francisco. I saw some uh, someone posted, like, is... Is San Francisco a like waterscape apocalypse? It was some like hilarious like whatever dot com, and it was like not yet, and then had links to like Amazon referral buy like umbrellas and rain gear and stuff. I was wow. just thinking about that today. I still have to buy an umbrella. This is gonna be interesting. Ugh. It was started sprinkling on the way over here. One thing I really uh, like about you, Sam, is you have this crazy technical background. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop, stop, stop! Motorcycle trip. We're talking <laughs> motorcycle trip. I was leading into it. I was grinning like an idiot. We're talking motorcycle trip. All right, motorcycle trip, and then I have design questions. Go. You're going to South Africa tomorrow. <laughs> I am. At slash a month in the past. Yes. Yeah, December 11th. Okay, so what's what's the plan? Yeah, so, so I'm flying from, hopefully, uh, I'm flying from San Francisco to London, which is 12 hours. So now layover. And then 12 hours from London to Cape Town. So that'll be a very terrible two days or however long um yeah and then we're gonna just like go along the southern coast of the world basically uh apparently along the way is where discovery channel shoots all the like shark things so i think we're gonna go like get in a cage and swim some sharks with some gopros so that should be terrifying and awesome uh anyway we're just like camping along the way like through africa bringing the drone and uh, we're we're both having at least two GoPros, and it'll be uh, lots of footage to capture, and then hopefully I'll edit something cool together. I that think. is insane, dude! So holy shit! I just got all new gear. Uh, should be great. So like stuff that can be warm or cold, and so uh, how long have you been riding a motorcycle again? Uh, a month and a half, <laughs> and taking a trip to south africa i am motorcycles. insanely jealous i was that the longest trip you ever went on like a couple weeks ago yeah when we were together that was the longest i, I ridden. that was 65 miles <laughs> yeah 
I I take that back. I I think I've done some stuff on my own since then, like kind of just all around. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, that was like the f- I got my license the day before we went. That was the first time I'd ever been on the interstate, and I was like kind of losing losing my mind a little bit. Um, yeah, I recall. <laughs> but I feel I feel pretty good about it now. Like I think it'll be fine. And my fr- uh, my friend Aaron, that's that's there, the over over guy. Um, he's he you know he's been riding for just a couple months too. So I don't think we're gonna like you know go crazy hopefully i'd feel bad if like we went together because you'd like leave me behind. i've been riding for like three years and i've barely gone like beyond that like i guess back in minnesota i would ride like 90 miles commuting to work because I'd, I'd only go in like two days a week or whatever and it, uh i lived in minneapolis and it was like 90 miles south of there that was the extent of it and I, well while i was in minnesota i had it for two years and i only put a thousand miles on it now i have six thousand on it and i've been here for a year i'm not at a thousand yet on my motorcycle and I bought it with 200 on it. <laughs> you have not had it long enough. But yeah, the trip should be great. I'm looking forward to it. Rented a BMW F800 GS. Be sweet. What does Aaron have? He has a 1100, 1200, whatever, whatever number that is. The, the big one. 12, I think. Um, but yeah, and he has like a double roll cage on it. It's like ridiculous. It's a tank. Did, so I, big. did I tell you I saw an adventure bike fall over on the street? Like no. it was like a Triumph Tiger or something like that, I think. And the guy is standing on his tippy toes and suddenly he just tips over at like 9 a.m. on Folsom. Oh, my God. That sucks. Yeah, Aaron posted a photo on Instagram of him just like standing next to it and it's like laying on the ground with his like hands up like, yeah. I feel like there's a trend of like designers and developers getting into motorcycles like all of a sudden. It's really interesting. Kind of what inspired me to like do it as I was in Europe for a couple weeks in uh, late September, early October. And everyone in Europe was like scooters and motorcycles. It seems like in all the big cities. I was like, I should get a motorcycle. And then I was uh, in Kentucky right after that. And my um, brother-in-law, Chris Soule, is like really into motorcycles for a long time. And he's like, dude, you have to get a motorcycle. And I was like, all right, fine. So I, I got one like the next week. I, well, the first thing you told me is you were going to get a 1200, which is just monstrous. It was 11. It was the CB1100. That, that was kind of was a one. And then you told me that was dumb so i didn't do it which i think is a good call but i think the 400 is a bit small so the ducati trambler in may is going to be incredible i think it's a 600 or 800 so my wife wants to take the course now and i was like so you're gonna get the monster and i'm gonna get the scrambler <laughs> and we're gonna just be friends she should go with ellen if they uh if she wants Dude, to go everyone keeps saying that they're gonna go like michael schultz was like yes i want to go for sure um chris my buddy who develops over at crashlytics he's like yeah i'm gonna go for the city it's like honestly the the best and most affordable way to get around because you can go around all the traffic and you can park wherever you want and it's like 10 bucks every 200 miles for gas you know it's like so cheap and you can get a scooter for like 1800 bucks which is the worst decision ever i mean you can still like you know you just want to get started and you don't want to spend any money totally get something like really cheap for very little money I tried talking Brian into it last night. He's getting really bored with this conversation, and I'm super enjoying it. You should see the design of motorcycles. Let's talk about the design of motorcycles for a minute. <laughs> I, I'm no, just, that's good. You should even buy my motorcycle when I get a new one in May. I would love to check it out. I've never been a motorcycle guy. Anyway, uh, no, like, I, I've been kind of into working on my motorcycle recently. I, I almost bought, like, a bunch of parts the other night to cafe it out. The Deus set? No. I don't there's this more like off-road I'm not a big it's like basically make it a scrambler is like the the deuce one however you say it Deus yeah dude Dan Casaro did so much awesome illustration work for them like 
every time I go there, it's mainly just to look at their illustration work again. A bunch of other, like, of my motorcycle they've done, um, but I don't like the kit you can buy. I don't like... If there's another... They have some other ones I, I would love to buy, but the kit, I'm not a big fan of that particular style. We're talking about a lot of oddly specific stuff, so... Yes, we can probably not use any of this. So your your other photo app that you worked on was Lightly for Cole Rise. Yes. Which got featured on Apple's last presentation, I think. Not not the last one, the one before that, where they introduced the Apple Watch. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like splashed on the screen. Oh, cool. Like it was like the first one up there. I didn't see that. And it's also like top apps right now. Yeah, so. best apps, whatever that is. Um, and it was also, they used it at WWDC in the onboarding session on like an example of good onboarding, which is kind of cool. So... Um, Apparently, I'm now an expert on onboarding, so, you know, my, maybe my clients will listen to me now. No chance. Anyway, clients are always, like, overly passionate about their onboarding idea. It's like, ah. It's the ideal onboarding deal for an iPhone app. I like how we did it in Lightly. Um, Cole designed it, but I, I'm a big fan of, of how that works. Um, it's basically the first time you go to certain things, it tells you, like, here's how to do it. And we would just use, like, text and a little animation. It was just, like, you know... 50% black of the screen with like a little like um, there's a thing you can like press and hold with two fingers to like compare a photo so it just is like compare and has like two fingers kind of like pressing with like a little like animation um, and you type the screen anywhere and it goes away and you never see it ever again um, and then you go to like some other you know screen and there's like a pinch gesture or something we'll like show you there and then it goes away you know we're not going to show you like six screens of here's all the things in the different parts of the app because you're not going to remember any of it and you're just going to skip it so it's very like contextual as far as like you went to somewhere for the first time and we'll show you. Um, and there's a bunch in like the main like list view because there's like four different ones. But if you've ever done it before we even like tell you about it, like we won't even tell you about it because you've like learned how to do it. So um, I spent a decent amount of time like making all that like pretty smart. So like they all come up in a certain order and then it would skip if you've done it and like remember they've showed you. And, um but it's all as far as the user goes, it's like all very simple and one time and just shows you for you know where you're going to use it briefly and you can dismiss it and never see it again. Um, which has been good. Have you ever gotten into A B testing your No, we we could have with lightly, I think, but for anything else I work on, there's not enough scale. Because there's like um the sample size would be too small. And then with lightly we didn't just because we were like trying to finish and we were in a hurry and um I don't know what else we would have even done. I mean, he was pretty happy with what he like designed. So we're like, yeah, let's just use this. And then Apple liked it. So that was cool. I have yet to watch that session though. Hope, maybe they were like trashing it. I don't know. I just saw screenshots. Like person on stage with the thing. I just remember uh, being like uh, watching the keynote with Jake in the back room, Jake Marsh, um, who you and I both know. Um, and we just saw Lightly be the first thing up. Like they did this like whole thing where they dropped a bunch of apps onto the screen and Lightly was the first one up. We're like, whoa, like it was up there for like a second by itself. I'm just like, what? Well, it's kind of interesting. Like a bunch of people are like, whenever Lightly is featured or whatever, um, people are like, oh, hey, like congrats, whatever. And it's like, I mean, I don't really feel any like ownership over it. Like I just did it as a contractor and I don't work on it anymore. I mean, it's got to be cool to see your work up there and considered to be like one of the best yeah, I mean, I did a lot of really good work on it, I think. Like, we worked really hard on it for a while. Um, and it was, it was a really good project overall. Um, you know, I was just, like, I had another client and, you know, Cole had another guy he wanted to use after that. And I was like, yeah, perfect. Like, I don't have time for this. I have my other client and this guy's free. Like, you know, um, so it, it was fine. We left on good terms. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've just never, like, been overly excited about 
pressed for Lightly. Even when it was like editor's choice, it was like, hey, cool. Like, I already don't work on this anymore. It's like, I don't really care. You don't feel a personal attachment to it? No, I mean, that's kind of good with all my client work. Most of my client work isn't successful. So it's not, not that big of a deal. But it gets kind of sad to see Lightly like doing so well, which is weird because it's doing well, but I don't really get anything from it. Um, so that said, he's one of my. I probably shouldn't say this. One of my few clients like break even. Um, he, he's doing pretty well. So most apps don't break even. Yeah, I mean, like, being a developer is the worst. Like, you're not gonna make you're not gonna make any money. Like, I don't make any money in any of my projects ever. Like, I've never made enough on anything I've ever made to like support myself. It's all via like contracting. Would you ever contract for equity? I guess at this point, it sounds like it's a pretty resounding no. But if the right project came along, yeah, I definitely offered with Tiny. Um, because, like, Kevin's going to be successful, whatever it is. Um, I was like, yeah, I'd love to do just, like, equity. Um, he's like, no, like, we'll just do cash. But then he brought me on as an advisor. And, like, I got some equity that way, which is cool. It, it was nice. That, I mean, he didn't have to do that. It was nice. He, like, recognized all my work I did. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that said, like, most of the startup, all the startup stock I've ever had has been totally worthless. So, um, I don't know. A lot of people come to me and, like, want to do equity. I was like, yeah, you can't do it. It's different if, like, you know, you could afford it, but you, like, are offering versus, like, yeah, you can't afford me and you're just going to offer some equity. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. That seems to be, like, a trend right now. Um, I know Lonely Sandwich does, like, an equity offer thing if it's a, a startup that they think is interesting. It's, I feel like that has a different element to it simply because, like, they're helping make them profitable just from the get-go. Like, if you see Adam show up on a commercial, you know that it's probably an interesting product. Like, that's a really interesting it's a diversion like it's it's just slightly different from what you do like you you do the same thing it's just you're not promoting it directly well it's something like for them the ones they do for free aren't like crazy elaborate ones like some of the ones you know they get they get paid a lot for well, they did that push for pizza one i heard they didn't have much cash for for theirs but yeah it was like a really simple i mean if you look at the ad it's like a really simple it's hilarious thing. though uh, yeah so i mean i feel like it's the kind of thing they can spend a week on it and get some equity and it, you know like that gamble's like worth it First, for me, it's like I can spend like two months building something and then like, cool, now I still have to pay my rent and now I have this equity that's worthless. Like, um, it, it doesn't work out as much for like that sort of time commitment. If it was something like smaller, I'd be more interested um, or consider it, but not a big fan. Uh, you have this like amazing development background. You were in into iOS development from day one. Um, tell us a little bit about your move into design, why design as, as a job interests you. Uh, maybe where you've applied, if you're cool sharing that. Sure. Well, so actually Facebook came to me and asked if I wanted to like work at Facebook. And I was like, uh, no, I've, I've interviewed there a couple times as a developer and decided I'd rather do what I'm doing now as like a freelancer. I'm like, no, we want you to be a designer. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually really interesting. I would love to talk to you guys. Um, and went through the whole process and interviewed a bunch on site. And they're like, well, we actually don't know what we do with you. So... We'll get back to you in a couple months. And I was like, yeah, whatever, it's, it's fine. I'm not like bummed about it, but um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting working. Like I considered trying to get a job as a designer and like semi pursued like job offers for a bit. Um, kind of decided I didn't really want to do it after all. Like I didn't think of any companies that was like really exciting um, or that I would like trade what i'm doing now for i guess because i really like my setup now as far as like yeah i take two weeks off and go to africa because i want to or 
I think I'm going to Iceland in April, probably, for a couple weeks. Um, you guys in Iceland? Jesus, you and Jeff Sheldon. It's, gosh, it's so incredible. You have to go to Iceland. Um, uh, some friends are getting married in France. France? Yes, France. Some friends are getting married in France. So you're going to Iceland. And we're going to go to their wedding, and then, like, cool, all right, wedding's over, off to Iceland. Um, that should be great. Anyway, but I can't do that with if I'm, like, working at a company, you know. So, um, yeah, but the the possibility of learning from, you know, designers at some company is interesting because I don't know anything about design as far as, like, formal training or terms. I kind of just, like, have okay taste and can mess around long enough I to mean, make something that's not terrible. That's what makes, like... That's basically what makes you like design capable, right? It's like being tone deaf. You can't really be a good musician if you're tone deaf, but taste is like kind of the not being tone deaf of design. <laughs> Do you think taste is like inherent? Like you were born with that or is it? I think to a degree it has to be. I think you can learn. I suppose taste. it's it's kind of nurture. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I'm not sure. I've, I'm sure there's research on this. I'd love to. That's interesting. Like how would you improve your taste? Like work really 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 hard but you could still make tasteless that's true stuff right i make a lot of shitty stuff and i like to think i have decent taste and even like you look at really expensive like there's expensive stuff that rich people buy and it's like terrible taste so it has nothing to do with like money or status or i approach it from a different perspective because i'm an engineer mainly but let's look at a bunch of things and objectively figure out why this is better than something else you know like so like okay you know has a decent amount of like horizontal padding on certain things like okay like this is good for these reasons and now i'm looking at something like oh yeah that looks nice and like why like well let me tell you these like seven facts you know like that's kind of how i approach design is a very like concrete there's a solution it's like mathematical and logical yeah because that's kind of how i think that's something that like a lot of people on the outside don't seem to see is that it's it's building it's architectural it's mathematic it's not just art like design isn't art and i'm I'm speaking like purely about visual design at this point obviously but i don't really like art that much artists are like they want to do art for the sake of art and they're really into that and that and that's great for them but like that's not something that personally i can like i don't make apps just like because it's fun it's like serving other purposes i don't know like you know that's so i can like hopefully live off of it or you know help someone write better or you know all the other reasons you could possibly want to do it but not like just for the sake of it, which I feel like is, which is art. Like this just like makes the world more beautiful indirectly. So I'm making this, which is fine, but that's not something that personally I get excited about. So for a long time I was like, you know, like I'm not a designer cause like I don't really like art as far as like me creating art. Yeah. I think your Twitter bio actually says like wannabe designer. Uh, yeah, I think I might've taken the wannabe out. I go back and forth with that when I feel more confident some days. Welcome to being a designer. You're officially a designer. You've graduated. Uh, If you feel unconfident about your ability to call yourself a designer, you are now a designer. Well, it's funny when I was interviewing on Facebook, they're like, all right, like you have to like give this design presentation for like a group of like 20 people that all work there. Uh, And I was like, well, I'm not a designer. Like I've never worked as a designer. I don't know anything, but here's some stuff I've designed, I think. And I'm kind of going on. And then one thing I was like, Oh, here, like, this isn't vertically aligned properly or something, and that really bugs me, but whatever. And then one of the guys like, you're totally a designer. Because uh, I was, like, you know, picking at some little alignment thing. Whatever. I don't know. I don't mean, like, being a designer is interesting, and I don't really consider myself one. I think the wannabe is in there currently. I don't remember. Um, I mean, I've just, like, all my stuff I've done is, like, so simple. Um, I kind of think, like, how else would it be? You know, it's just, like, 
I think of it purely from like a UX like perspective is like organization and hierarchy and and then like cool I'll just like pick some colors I don't know like here's a cool green like all right let's mess with the hue until I find another one that like kind of complements it all right great done um you know I'm I don't know I can't like draw or illustrate or do anything else I don't even consider myself like a visual designer I just like hierarchy is all I really get excited about that's a good start I mean uh have you seen Draplin's new video where he uh he like built a logo or whatever really quickly i haven't it it was like five steps and it was all like it was simply like doing hierarchy and like basic math and just kind of like throwing much stuff together and leaving every previous iteration out like that's it so it's iterative math and just some like quick thoughts that he jotted down and added some colors in and it was like the simplest thing in the world but it was so good like it's definitely kind of the, the kind of thing that like makes you feel bad about your own work because it is so good. It's like inspiringly negative almost. Uh, I don't know. I promptly went home and basically copied him. So it's whatever. Well, I love that you can, your work is very beautiful. Um, and you don't think of it as being like this involved design process. So clearly you have like something in the back of your head that has helped you build these beautiful products. And it seems like it's working well so far, certainly with, your client work and your projects at nothing magical so well done on that thank you so do you have any tools you really like i know you're not big into like prototyping necessarily yep yep don't like prototyping we could definitely talk about that for a long time um tools i like i mean i use whiskey a bunch or just text headers in general really but whiskey is my one of choice obviously um that's kind of how i organize most of the stuff i have to do or like thoughts or whatever lots of text files um, which is really not it's a really boring tool I guess um, I, I, I like sketch because it's I don't know I, I like sketch but I'm faster in Photoshop because I've been doing it longer so that's kind of a I'll usually force myself to use sketch just because I like it more even though it's less productive I tend to build all my icons and all the like complicated shapes and stuff in Photoshop and then just export them as an F- SVG into sketch mm. and that works pretty well for me interesting anything complicated is like nah just do it in Photoshop first yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really use a lot of things besides like, you know, like Xcode and Sublime Text and like I'm pretty basic. Kind of the defaults for right now? Yeah, I mean like I use the terminal a bunch. You know, I'm a developer, so it's a lot of like nerdy stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to come and talk to us. Uh, where can people find you? I'm Sophus on everything. Twitter, GitHub things that matter yeah if you uh check out the show notes they're going to be at designdetails.fm we'll link to all of sam's projects show screenshots we'll show the amazing whiskey icon uh all of his work um it's amazing sam you're very talented thank you i'm honored to be your first guest